Welcome to Midlife Mastery. I'm Brock Edwards, and this is the show where we're looking for ideas, information, inspiration on living an amazing second half of life. And I'm really excited for today's episode. But before we get into the episode, I'm excited about something else too. And really, so some of you who listen to Spotify, you've been getting those kind of the year-end wrap-ups, which showed you, you know, which, which artists, which songs you listen to the most. Well, on the other side of things, podcasters all and musicians also get those kinds of stats. And so, well, currently, right now, Midlife Mastery has been downloaded in 72 countries. I'm really excited about that. So it's gone up a couple countries since the last time I announced that. But on Spotify, just Spotify alone, not counting any of the other outlets where people listen to podcasts, Midlife Mastery is in the top 12% of most followed podcasts. And also very exciting, and this connects back to that 72 countries, we're in the top 20% of the most shared podcasts globally. And that just blows my mind. I am so excited about that. Uh, thank you so much. I mean, this show, we don't really advertise. It just kind of grows word of mouth and it just keeps growing and growing. And if you do want to share this with someone else, with friends, with family, coworkers, whoever, one of the easiest ways, of course, you can always direct them to the website and that's just midlifemasterypodcast.com. But also an even easier way for people to sign up and subscribe to the podcast is just go to followthepodcast.com slash midlifemastery. So just followthepodcast.com slash midlifemastery, and you'll have several options on signing up, subscribing, to listen to wherever's most convenient for you. Thank you so much again, and let me introduce today's show. You know, uh, we actually spend a lot of time talk, talking about health and fitness, and it doesn't, you don't have to look around too much to see that many in the fitness industry promise or at least strongly suggest, quick fixes and amazing results. But of course, that's not really how our bodies work, and it often leads to disappointment, to frustration, maybe injury, and the relentless search for that next miracle diet or miracle workout. But what if we approach it differently? So Nate Wilkins and Sheba Carfania from Ageless Workout guest today to dispel a few myths and talk about their evidence-based ageless workout lifestyle. So they discuss approaching fitness from a health foundation, building solid habits and psychological skills to help us with those changes, getting past that quick fix mentality and really embracing incremental and ongoing change, getting started with a health and fitness program and five rules for choosing a doctor. Because one of the things they emphasize is a doctor is a key part of your fitness journey. And so Nate and Chiba bring a lot of heart and passion to helping others live healthy, fit lives. And that really shines through in this conversation. So if you're ready to play bigger with your life, let's get started. All right, so today we have Nate Wilkins and Sheba Carfania, and we're going to talk about fitness and wellness and aging very well today. So for people who don't know you, don't know what you're about, can you just give a real quick kind of 30 second, what would your elevator pitch be? And Sheba, do you mind going first? No, no, no. Thank you for having us on. We so appreciate it, Brock. You know, I came to fitness very strangely. I was a gym rat and, and worked in corporate and have a special needs son, and eventually I got kind of drawn into the whole fitness thing because I wanted to work for myself and, and be an entrepreneur and really get passionate about it and help individuals like my son. And so that's how I jumped into it, took a lot of different certifications and just got really passionate about it, love helping people. And that's where my heart is, is with helping people. So after years of studying many different courses and, and, and kind of certifications, we've come up with the Ageless Workout, which is for everyone. Nate? So so what's interesting, Brock, is, is that she would actually, when she talks about passion, she actually certified instructors, you know, to make sure that they could actually do the job. And so I was one of those people that she certified. You know, it's a second career for me as well. I was a parks and recreation administrator traveling all, all around the country, making sure parks and recreation departments you know, we're up to date or programs up to date. But 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 what happened to me is a couple of things, you know, health challenges like so many other people made me recognize that I needed to change some things about myself. But but you know, as life would have it, you know, the opportunity was was actually thrust upon me. I remember like it was yesterday, I was in a class with an instructor. He says to me, Nate, come into the front of the class and teach a class. 
I taught that class. I got the fever from there. You know, I taught more classes. Later on, became a manager, a fitness manager. Later on, that led us into opening up our own business. And then we we find ourselves here as the Asia's Workout, you know, tribe and Asia's Workout Method. So I'm definitely going to want to talk about the ageless workout method here, but but before we get into that, you know, I, I'm excited that you're, you're kind of focused on, on this ageless piece because I want to talk to someone who's been through my same tr- struggles and challenges and, you know, brings kind of that wisdom to it of how do we do this at this stage in our life, you know, midlife and later. And, and so anyway, I there's not really a question at the end of that. It was just kind of me saying, I'm excited to see people in this space because I don't think there's enough in that space. So what's your take on that, actually? Well, we think life experience is a, is a key factor. And so things that happen, things happen to individuals that may lead them down a bad path in terms of eating, diet, everything that happens in life, the body breaks down. So, you know, we do bring that experience, if you will, to the table. A lot of times we run across individuals when we talk about the wellness paradox and being accepted into some of these organizations that we don't have an exercise physiology degree. And that may be true. That wasn't offered when we were in college. However, you have to look at the whole parameters. And this is a big position of mine is that Do you want someone who has an exercise physiology degree who is 25, or do you want someone who has life experience, major heavy-duty certifications that continues to get recertified and reinforced and understands the space so well and live it well, and so you can be aspirational and inspirational to the people in that space? And that's where we make a difference and kind of like are trying to carve out our niche for what we do. I mean, you know, we don't want you to start becoming ageless at 65 and 68. We want you to think about it in your 40s. And we're even bold enough to say that we could take your 17-year-old and guide him through because we understand from our training what a 17-year-old is capable. He's not really finished growing. So you don't want to, you know, interfere with his growth plate and other things because he's out there trying to be strong. You know, right? When you say that's your area of expertise, young man. Yeah, and so what you find is is that younger people sometimes think that they can get there in an instance. And so we, the, the what we're able to do is sort of help them sort of think through the process and slow it down. So you, you know, it's, it's like going if if you're going to go to war, you want to go with somebody that's been there. They know where all of you know, all of the the problems are so they can help you get there faster as opposed to you running out there and saying, you know, I'm going to get there and you got to go through all of these processes. So that's the stuff that we bring to the table for younger people. But for other people, they look around and like she was said, they get inspired. You know, maybe they they don't want to lift as much and, and we can help them find their way within that process. So what we talk about is meeting people where they are. And so that's one of our favorite things. We meet people where, where they are and we allow them to grow in the process as opposed to a younger person who may come in. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying all of them. They may come in gung-ho, go, 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 go. Ours is a little bit different. It's, it's, it's the difference in terms of leadership, right? We don't pull on the rope, rope. We tug it just a little bit and we help people get there little by little by little by little. What, what happens is that they'll start to notice different things that they're not hurting as much as, you know, as they, as they were before, or maybe, maybe they're more interested in getting up earlier or eating differently because they've seen somebody else that can do it because many of us have tried it time and time again and sort of lost our way. I lost your way. I mean, that's like, yeah, I think that's probably a good way of putting it. You know, you get to midlife, you've accumulated, well, all your habits, you, you kind of mentioned eating habits, those sorts of things, maybe injuries from, from your youth. And before we even start recording, Nate, you had mentioned that a lot of guys our age maybe don't make annual trips to the doctor unless it's kind of thrust upon them. So I don't know, where, where's a good place for people to even start thinking about kind of this fitness and wellness journey? If they're, you know, probably like most, they've got caught up in other things and now they're finally starting to look at, okay, life's passed me by, I'm getting older, I've got to get in, start focusing on my wellness. Go right I think, I think, I think there is a certain psychology. And so what our research tells us in this space is there are certain years 
and items that you must consider. So you have to take a look at your habits. What are your habits? And so we try to help you create better habits. So I'm answering the question from the back. You know, you want to get cleared by a doctor first. So you get a basis. Then you want to go out and identify someone that you wish to work with at whatever level that is in terms of a trainer, a Pilates instructor, whatever that is, finding what you enjoy doing. So the one option is you get a trainer. If you're not budgeted for a trainer, we suggest that you get out and walk. So there's many different things you can do to walk at a very basic minimum. You can go outside and walk around and have echotherapy, which is a very new term in this space. We go out and listen to the birds. It can be very relaxing. A couple of weeks ago, Good Morning America talked about taking those few minute breaks, pushing back from your desk because we've become a society that is always glued to the screen because of Zoom. Now people are working remotely. People aren't moving. They're eating more. They're not getting in the car driving. And you know, it's cool. It feels good. But then can you make yourself get up? So there's another aspect to that. But I think more importantly, you have to be, you know, look at your numbers from your doctors and be true to yourself. Are you, do you want to change those by taking a pill or do you want to change those by, you know, getting out, being more active? And I think that is the hardest thing for individuals to come to terms with because Western civilization pushes that whole medicine, medicine, medicine instead of preventative. And while that's not bad, you want an outcome that doesn't put a band-aid on you. You know, you want an outcome that is a life sustaining and brings you a better quality of life. And that's really what we push for is that better quality of life. That's another one of our key terms, better quality of life. And that's what we want to see from everyone. Yeah, I, I, I would approach that along with what she was saying. But but I think that somewhere in there, you got to get it, get it in your head that, you know, you got to get it together. You've been around, you, you know, let me let me make you laugh. What happened to me is that I used to laugh about the clothes that I was wearing. I used to say the clothes were getting smaller. They were making clothes smaller. It well, that wasn't the case at all. It was me. I was getting bigger and bigger. You know, when I, when I looked around, I was some 230 pounds and didn't realize it. You know, and so so somewhere in there, I needed to change the way I was thinking. And so something triggered that for me. I had to then talk to myself differently, get myself out of the bed, you know, put my shoes all beside the bed and, and get up and, and go go do something about what what I was laughing about or that was taking advantage of me. So that's where I think, you know, the mind has to first happen and then the body will follow whatever you do or you tell the mind. That's how I look at it. So how do you help clients kind of start to shift that mind? I mean, they show up wanting change and they want something different, but you know, they've kind of got their, their mental habits as well, how they're thinking about themselves, how they're approaching things. And we are a society that wants fast solutions. We want quick fix quicker, maybe than the incremental steps that, that you're talking about. That's the way to do it, right? That's the way to shift over time. And, but yet people get impatient. So I, I guess, how do you help with that impatience or that, that initial mental shift? Well, what our research tells us and, and the scientific-based research tells us is that you need to meet people where they are. So generally speaking, there's 100% of the population. 20% loves to work out. That would be us. And 80% deplores exercise and workouts. So we try not to use the E word or the W word in that mm -hmm. 80%. I think it's it's beneficial if you have an experienced trainer who understands what they're dealing with. And so when you meet a client for the first time, you want to be very open and they will tell you everything that you want to know about them if you show interest. So they'll make it easy for you. No, I don't like to go to the gym. No, I don't know. I had a milkshake today. No, I like to eat late at night. You know, no, I drink a lot. And so that begins to tell you what you need to do to then work with the client and meet them where they are. Another key one of our words, meeting individuals where they are. And we do that based on their lifestyle, what they tell us. And we develop a program around that, not only a physical program, a fitness program, but a psychological program to help them then gain the skill sets that they need to be successful long term. You know, and so it's a, there's a lot of thought to go into that. We train, I train a woman who is 
you know, a very famous model. Her workout is not exactly the same as someone else's workout. It may be slightly different because of what she needs. She's not going to go into the gym and get big muscles. That's not what she's looking for. She was looking to gain weight. And most women wish they had that problem and to stay lean, but to be fuller in her forties, which is different than a workout we would give perhaps someone like you. It could be the same workout. We would adjust it obviously because you're a man and position it a little different with the overall goal of getting you to understand that it is an incremental change. It is about behavior and it is certainly about the outcomes that you are guaranteed to see. And I think sometimes you got to let people know that they don't have to look look like what's on the cover of a magazine either. That that it's okay that you know that you are where you are and and that you make incremental steps to get better and find little small things that they can celebrate and help them move uh, along the spectrum. That's why we talk about meeting people where they are, because, you know, a lot of times it's, it's confidence, right? We find that even with, with doing a particular exercise, you know, some people feel like their balance is so off, they don't even want to try it. So m- maybe they've fallen off the wagon with their with their diet or eating plan. And so helping people just a little bit at, at a time is probably where, you know, where we think is, is you know, it gets people off the dime and moving forward and uh, not, you know, not beating themselves up so much about how many pounds. And, you know, say, for example, if you like chocolate cake, one bite of chocolate cake tastes as good as a whole slice so why don't you just start by just, you know, maybe, you know, don't say, don't eat the chocolate cake. Say, why don't you take a bite of it and see how that feels? I mean, that that type of thing, I think, is right. what we do. Reinforcing positiveness and not deprivation. So you don't want to reinforce deprivation. You want to reinforce good habits. So it's just a mindset turnaround, which is another one of our keywords. It's all about a mindset. Yeah, that's a much different approach than much of the fitness advice you see out there. Much of it does seem to be very restrictive versus positive. Engaging. We like to call it engaging. So we don't want you to look like us. We are not the models of fitness. We are kind of aspirational, inspirational, and able to meet you on your way. So if you think of it as a tour bus, if you went out of the country and you went to Italy and you got on a tour bus, you would listen to the tour guide and you would get off the bus and you would try the pasta, you would try this and that. We want you to be a partner with us. Our clients are partners. Okay. We are not dictators. We're not major pain, you know, except in a boot camp or something like that. But we're always cognizant of our clients and where they are. And it's also a lot based on lifestyle. You know, if you're a mom with three kids and you have to get them to school every day, you know, that's your first priority and you have a husband. And let's say everything goes wrong on that given day. We found someone who has something called the joy principle where your day women are all or nothing. I'm going to the gym at seven o'clock. It didn't happen. The bus didn't come. This kid is sick. That one's sick. And so what we found is from this research of this person, and I can't recall their name, that you can do something later on in the day, even if it's for five minutes, and then you still feel accomplished. So it's this positive reinforcement of the mind. It's all about the behaviors and being okay. It's all good. Work-life balance. You can experience, you can relate to that, can't you? Absolutely. And let me ask, because you mentioned lifestyle, and at the start, we were talking about the just ageless fitness lifestyle. So what does that encompass when you're talking about ageless fitness? Well, again, we, we believe it's a, it's a mindset and making the decisions for you. We empower clients to move forward the best way that they can. And so, you know, I have a client who people say to me, he's a, he's a heavy fellow. And, you know, he had a life-changing experience. A lot of times we get clients with life-changing experience and then everybody gets scared and then they're ready to listen. Well, are they really ready to listen? No, they've had a life-changing experience and they don't want to die. You know, that's what it is. And so, but you have to understand and listen to them to see where they are to move along. And I have individuals who say, well, that guy's really heavy. And, you know, why don't you get him to lose weight? And why don't you, you know, he is where he is. And that is fine with him because he understands it's incremental. And it's important to reinforce that and not let others dictate. That's where we are today. Everyone wants to look like, some of the famous women out there who are 
formed the way they're formed. And I don't want to mention any names on your program, but most women are like, and they really don't care about their health. They're chasing what they see on Instagram. They're chasing what they see on social media. They're chasing what they see on, on TV, which is unrealistic. It's really very unrealistic. You have to be comfortable in your own skin, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So so the other piece that I would give to you on that is not everybody is going to be like Shiva and I. We get up early, dark 30. We're like 4, 4, 4 a.m., 4.30-ish. And a couple of times a week, uh, I would say three times a week, we're looking to go to our boxing fitness program. And that is not just hitting a bag, but you get calisthenics out of that. You get some burpees and, you know, and and you get to run up and down, you know, the alley and, and avoid obstacles, you know. And so by the time you get done with that program, you know, you you're really, you know, you've really given a, a quite a bit. And then maybe two or two or three other times in a week, we're doing some functional training. That's what we call you know, our ages, you know, workout lifestyle. But at the same time, I would quickly say that we hit recovery too. We we got, we got, we, we have go massage therapists that we go to. We have our own machines, Theraguns or, or hypervolts or anything that's related to this vibration so that we can get our tissue quality back in place. We're, we're looking at how we consume, you know, supplements because we're at an age that supplements actually help us make a difference. We look at our sleep patterns. I mean, and and we we do some wearable technology at this point in our in our age. So that's kind of the lifestyle that that we talk about, but not everybody wants that. So what we try to understand is where are people right now and how do we help them get to the place that they what what their why is as opposed to our why. And we, most of the ages workout is all about recovery. So at this point, hmm. it is about those hard hitting workouts. And so maybe we do a little more than most people. And we don't suggest that anyone get up at four o'clock in the morning and do what we do. What we suggest you do is you find something you like. So, you know, that's something we like. What can I tell you? But you find something you enjoy doing and you do it for a period of time and you make that habit and commitment but more importantly is the recovery time at this age. And again, the downtime in what you make better choices about eating, what you choose to put in your body for supplements. I mean, at this age, you're looking at supplements like a pro athlete. So everyone to us is a pro athlete. I don't care what they do. They're a pro athlete in our eyes and you must treat them with that respect. You know, you're trying to make them a more educated consumer. One of the things I tell my clients is you may not always be with me, but you will remember the things that you spent with me. And typically we don't get to a client where a client says, oh, my God, I got to get to Shiva so I can work out. No, 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 no. It's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is that you want to come. I don't want you dependent on me. I have a lot more work to do in the rest of the world to be passionate about. And quite honestly, you just can't keep me for that long. You know, people come in your life for a reason, season, and lifetime. You have to understand that. So you give them something. I talk a lot to people about posture. Posture is so important as part of the ages workout method. Well, so let, let me ask this, because both of you mentioned supplements and nutrition is often presented from the fitness community is kind of all or nothing. Like this is the one and only way to eat. This is the one and only way to eat. And it changes month to month, but I don't sense that from you at all. I mean, you, you have a much, much more balanced approach. So from your experience, and I know every person is different, but in general, what, what are some of the supplements or nutrition things that people at this stage of life should really be thinking about? Well, I think that's, that's an interesting question. And I think one of the things I would do is within our scope of service, we try to stay within our scope of service. So immediately I'm going to refer you back to your primary physician, get a full blood work, work up. They will tell you what you're missing, which is a basis of a guide. Now, Nate is a precision nutrition certified nutritionist, which is a little bit different than my scope, but from a general perspective, and I'll let you elaborate on that. From a general perspective, I think your doctor will tell you, you need this, you need this, you need this supplement. And I think it's well worth that. They have a new organization out there called Go Forward, where you don't even need insurance anymore. It's $90. 
anywhere in the country and you join it for the month. They don't even use insurance. You can go in, get your blood work in 14 minutes. So that is out there. I think from there, then you have to look at what your lifestyle is. Do you go out to eat every night? Do you cook at home? You have to look at the culture of what, you know, of your heritage. Do you eat a lot of pasta? Do you eat a lot of beans and rice? You know, we live in Miami. So there's that multicultural thing. We get to see individuals from all over the world and their habits, generally speaking. So, you know, we make recommendations based on their lifestyle, but certainly from their doctor. And now I'll let Nate take this and answer because he plans the nutritional supplements for me based on kind of the medical and kind of what he feels that I need to maintain muscle mass as a woman in her 60s. Yeah, so so let's be let's be clear. The the basic thing for Shiva and I in terms of the ages workout is health. So we start the foundation is is health. And and so the the first thing that we look at is you know can we get it from whole food the 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 the, the food that we eat we want to make sure that it's that it's healthy so we shop at the best places we we try not to you know try to cut corners on our food so the whole foods but then we also look at what proteins that we, we need to take in. So we find the best protein supplements. And I mix that protein in a drink where we also include collagen because of this, this point, you know, we're 60, we're 60 plus. And so we want to make sure our skin and our nails and our hair and what have you, the hair I have, right? It's, it's already. So we want to make sure that's in place. But then we also look at, you know, calcium and magnesium. We also put in some BioFlex for joints. Now, these are things that we put in. Vitamin D, We sometimes we need vitamin C. So we put those things in, in our uh, supplement mix. And then from time to time, we may look at, uh, adding just a small bit of of tin. So these are you know sort of things that we do for for Sheba and I. Now Sheba may be a little bit different in terms of her intake of, and we we, we go around and around about this. Her intake of protein. For me, I'm more of a fish and chicken kind of guy, and moving more and more to to less of that and more plants. Sheba likes red meat and moving away from red meat as she gets older and more and more plants. And so we look at some probiotics to throw in there. So these are the types of things that, that we've included that, that we think are sort of the basic building blocks of, of our nutrition or eating plan. But you're best to start out with your physician. And getting so they can give you a basis because, you know, one of the things we find is there is so much information out of there, out there that people oftentimes tell me, you know, I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. First place, your physician. Within our scope, we can make recommendations, but you're better off going to that person first and having a relationship with them, quite honestly. And if it's and if it's too much, then we always recommend people see a dietitian. Yeah, nutritionist. Let me ask this, and this may be a weird question, but most people, I think, when they go to the the doctor is because they've got something wrong with them versus going in some sort of preventative sense. So what should they even ask their doctor for, you know, when when they call to make the appointment and the nurse says, well, what's wrong? And they're like, well, nothing's wrong. I, well, how do they start that conversation with the doctor? What kind of services should they be asking for? Well, I think, you know, it's and doctors are driven and this is not a negative on doctors or physical therapists are driven by insurance space, the space within insurance. So the first thing you have to do is find a doctor who accepts your insurance or else there will be no conversation. (laughs) the second thing after because that's the first thing they say is what is yours you have and you know and it's a reality i'm sorry it's a reality it happens to me all the time you know you try to go for a well woman visit at 65 and they're like well we don't take medicare well where am i supposed to go okay and that's an experience i had this summer i found someone that didn't it's fine but that that can put people off it's not very inviting and so once you have the correct physician, someone that you're comfortable with, or someone refers you to, which is always a good option. You know, I think you have to say, you know, I'm at this stage and my I think my body's changing. There's so much information out there. I'd like to make an appointment, get a physical. 
oh, well, there's nothing hurting. What's wrong with you? Well, you know, you, you know, I just want to come in and, and kind of get an idea where I am. Maybe you can give me some, you know, information on nutrition, or you can give me information on what I should be doing because I have had a hip replacement. I've had one. And you'll find a lot of times it may not be as informative as you wish, but it is a starting point that is covered by someone who has that scope of service. And then you can proceed to a trainer or you can just go to a gym. Not everyone has budget for a trainer. And we're actually looking into how do we tap into this space of medical, of being a medical fitness trainer and using flexible spending accounts and health spending accounts. Are you familiar with those? Can you just touch on those a little bit? A flexible spending account is something that you get set aside from your employer. So they're tax free dollars that you set aside that you can use for any kind of illness or something that you want that is met the doctor deems medically necessary. Health spending accounts, the same thing. My understanding is it's not through a corporation. So say, for example, you worked for General Electric and they allow you to put $10,000 into your flexible spending account. And again, I don't know the exact numbers. I'm just using that as an arbitrary number. Your doctor can make you a medical fitness prescription. So if you had a heart attack or, and that's, that's really extreme, but I'm going to use that example that you can hire a trainer to do cardiac therapy with you in a pool. And then you would use that $10,000 to then hire your trainer based on tax-free dollars, which actually saves you money and can make you a commitment. There's a big movement on with that now. And so that would make personal training or fitness or wellness training or medical fitness, whatever they want to call it, accessible to people to be able to afford it for their family, for, you know, for whatever. However, if you don't have that ability, I mean, you can usually go to anywhere. There's so much digital out there. And that was the one of the best things that came out of the pandemic is the ability to do things online. So you know? telehealth, right? Hmm? So telehealth may happen. Telehealth, telehealth is a good thing. And you know, the other program I just mentioned to you that go forward, I think that is an ingenious idea that's going to change insurance all the way around. You know, you give them 90 bucks a month, like a fitness membership, and you can get a telehealth doctor on the phone, go over, see them, put your hand in the screen that gives you all your vitals. You sit down, they take your blood and in 14 minutes, you get your blood work back. Am I promoting them? Not necessarily. What I'm telling you is there's a quicker way than waiting two weeks for a blood test to tell you whether your A1C is too high. So that's a, that's a great lead in because the other thing, you know, when you go to get your blood work up, doctors can actually find that you're low in X, Y, Z, and they can make recommendations about, you know, ways that you could improve, like she would just indicate it, A1C. So A1C, they may give you some medication, but the other thing you can do with A1C is change the, change the composition of your food, right? A little bit more exercise. So there are ways that doctors can find out if you're low in particular things. Like the other day, I went to the doctor and the guy said to me, hey, you, you're not drinking enough water. Right. I didn't realize I wasn't drinking enough water, but it was a doctor who told me that. So what am I doing now? Drinking more water. So it's that. I think that it goes right back to what she was saying. You got to find a doctor who understands. And then because they're so busy, sometimes they're not going to give you as much information as you need. So then you become your own healthcare advocate, doing some research, talking to people like like us right now, because people like us sort of can help out. With, and, and then we can lead people into some other places. I think that's how you know it, it can happen today. You know, I think and I think also if they if you go through these tests with a physician, it is not, you know, the end of the world. So my A1C was high. It's so I am pre-diabetic. 88 million Americans are pre-diabetic. Is that a reason to put me on metformin? Absolutely not. And that's what my physician recommended was metformin. Okay. What I realized was is because I'm, you know, in this space that I can change my diet. In four months, my A1C went down. So pre-diabetic is like around five seven, five eight. Diabetic is like six, six one, somewhere in that neighborhood. My A1C went down, but what it gave me a chance was to take a look and say, you know what? Maybe everything's not so good, you know. And we share this with our clients. I think we are not the example. We are human, like everyone else. So if we can show that we can change our behavior as 
you know, allied health professionals, then you can do it too. And we can show you that. And I think that's what makes individuals come to us because we are in that same space. We are not better than them. We are not worse than them. We're just looking for that better quality of life, just like them. Well, what are some things like, you know, men and women have different needs. So I'd love to hear from both your, your experiences. So Nate, what, what are some things that men should be thinking about at this time of life in terms of health, wellness, fitness? You, you know, that's interesting that you bring that up because I, I actually have had my own, so I'm 68, I have my own challenges with with prostate cancer. And, you know, more times than not, when men hear cancer, they think I'm going to die. And so that that was the case with me. And we went we went to about four different doctors to try to figure out what was going on with my with my prostate cancer. It ended up being what's called Gleason six. And so, you know, the doctor that that I've been seeing has said, you know, we're going to handle this by you know, sort of PSAs and looking at a biopsy, you know, every two years to stay on track with that. Now that, you know, that whole thing is frightening for most men and some people, some men would probably go get the, the you know, the new, new technology and get it taken out. But this doctor for me, yeah, you said, you know, we're, we're going to go this way. And I feel comfortable with that. So all men have to be, I think, m- you know, more aware and on top of their prostate challenges. I think that men need to be more aware of what's going on with their heart. If they've if they've had some some heart disease in their family, for sure, they need to stay on top of that. But at the same time, I think that with what's gone on with the pandemic and the changes that we see all across the you know the country or around the world, some some men have ups and downs, whether it be what what I call PTSD or depression or what have you. So need to be a aware of that and stay on top of it. And then the last thing that I think that men need to be aware of is that women are tired of telling them to go to the doctor and get yourself taken care of. And it's not their job per se for you to, and I'll let she on the, in on that, but it's not their job always for, to make you take care of yourself, that you need to do that on your own and stand up and put your own uh, big boy underwear on. <laughs> right, she. <laughs> That's why you know we're the ages workout couple because we share everything with you. <laughs> we share the real deal with you. But I think I think from from everyone's perspective, please allow me to back up a second. I think what you have to do is say, you know, I'm at this age and everyone's talking about this ageless. So ageless, that's is partly how we got to the concept. Everyone wants to be ageless. People want two things. Okay, they want to be ageless and they want luxury. Okay, the luxury we can't give you but we can guide you to agelessness. And I think you have to look at where you are with your age and say, you know what, maybe I should go get a checkup, male, female, whatever. Once you get to that physician, you should ask the physician to do a battery of tests for someone in your age group. So they look at a profile of your age group and run those tests. And then I think you become more specific about what your specific ailments are or your questions, even if you feel overwhelmed. The best thing you can do is be your own best consumer as if you're buying a car, as if you're buying a home. And I think the days of when a doctor was your friend and a long time was your friend are gone where you can trust that physician. You know, if you if we have rules for physicians and, and at some point I'll tell you the five rules before I select a physician. But I think you have to go through those battery of tests and have yeah. someone you're comfortable with. First person's not good. Utilize your insurance and go see someone else. Ask the physician for a specialist. You know, nowadays physicians don't do everything. They'll send you to another physician. And I think you have to be open-minded enough to take the time and understand that your body is important. It may take you three or four appointments. You know, for women, I think that are in this stage of life where we change. I recently took a course on perimenopausal, menopausal, and postmenopausal. I think a woman's body changes. And I think those are conversations that have not been held like a lot of conversations when we all came along. You know, I think you've got to understand that your body is changing. I think you have to find a physician that is helpful. I am not a opposed to a male physician. I think you should have a female physician as another opinion. 
because, you know, you know, it's like uh, me giving advice as a prostate doctor. You know, I think uh, and we have someone who is very close to us that is a woman who was recruited, was actually our client. But I think she can give you great information. But I think sometimes it's a little more sensitive if you have someone of the same sex who has gone through it. Doesn't have to be that way, but I find it's a little helpful sometimes. And I think you look at what is going on with your body and ask them to run a battery of tests. And that's a good starting point. If you like the doctor, fine. If you don't care for the doctor, you change, you know? Hey, Brooke, you know, what's interesting is Sheba alluded to a, a female doctor uh, dealing with, with prostate. I, I actually had this doctor and I don't know about you or about any other men, but my 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 exchange with her was was interesting. She, <laughs> I, I I couldn't believe myself. I was like, you know, you want me to do what? I mean, so the, so the was, difficulty yeah. was <laughs> thirty second story. The difficulty was our primary recommended her to us to train her because she was having some issues with pregnancy. And Nate is the king of training pregnant women. She came to us as a client. She turned into Nate's physician. And so there was that there was that great trust factor for me because I knew she would take care of him as a woman. And for him, it was a little awkward because he never expected <laughs> to have the exam with a client that he trained. OK, so there's my 30 second ends on that. But he went along with it. And I still think it was a great experience because I think a woman takes a little bit different care. It's an awkward situation. But, you know, how do you think we feel with male gynecologists? I, For years, know, I, it was accepted. Yeah, I, you know, but 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 you know what what I'm saying is it things are changing, and so men have to have to come to grips with that and be okay with it. I guess that's where I was headed with that conversation. Well, yeah, I can only imagine how awkward that was. So, a great story, <laughs> Sheba. You had mentioned five your five rules for choosing a doctor. Can can you share some of those? <laughs> well, it's interesting that you asked me. So, I came up with these with a podiatrist that I've been going to for years. And we sat down, we talked about it. We joke about it all of the time. So I don't use a physician that has typically been practicing less than five years, not more than 25, 30 years, because they're only going to weaken courses to catch up. They must be some level of fit. And so my fitness gauge is not based on me, but they have to understand that they need some sort of activity to be out there. You know, I think they have to have tremendous. They have to have a great bedside manner. I think if you don't have someone you can talk to, I think gone are the days where the doctor dictates to you and he's unkind and he's nasty. You have to have someone that you have some sort of interaction with, you know, and someone who is who is sensitive to you. I can never work with a physician that is not sensitive to me. And a lot of times I think a referral is always a good thing. It doesn't always work out so well, but I think a referral can make it a little more comfortable. You know, if if I suggest that you go to see this individual and I've had this experience with them and I've done that with the doctor who did my hip replacement. I had a hip replacement in 2018. I went back to work as a trainer in eight days. Because of the training, the prehab and and the and the postab was, you know, was all there for me. And so that's kind of where I got into this whole thing about medical fitness and joint replacement. And then how do you function after that? Because if you go into the physical therapy space, that's a billable space. They're in there trying to bill. And so if you get your left hip done and it's a total hip replacement. When you get to physical therapy, they only work on your left hip because that's all they get paid for. So you need to have someone like a medical fitness individual, allied professional to support what the physical therapist and the orthopedic surgeon recommend to work on the other side of your body because your body is forever changed. Can I do plyometrics better than I did before at 65? better than people in their 30s. Absolutely. However, one leg is longer than the other. So how do I manage that? And we call this another one of our key pieces. Manage the condition. Don't let the condition manage you. You cannot let the condition manage you no matter what that is. Life situations, fitness situations, chronic situations, disease, children, spouses. <laughs> you have to then put your arms around and say, you know what? I really need to manage this. Maybe not all today. And so managing the situation is, you know, the condition. And so that's what I do. We got, I have orthopedics. I still run a little funny, but I manage it, you know, and 
you have to you have to kind of adjust to that. The body's going to break down, but it is a quality of life that you're looking for. That cognitive, you know, interaction, that ability to have a strong body, to have longevity, not have your children take care of you at any age. You know, you want to be able to chart your own destiny for as long as possible. Well, as we start wrapping up today here, I, I've got to ask, so, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground and one of, one of the questions I'm always interested in is where do people get in their own way? You've already mentioned one of them, like people may be less inclined to go to the doctor, but where are other places people get in their own way? Lack of experience. If you, if you put our, you know, any of us in a courtroom, would you be able to defend yourself as a lawyer? Yeah, probably it's not, not what you do. <laughs> right. It's not what you do. And I think people get in their own way a lot by thinking that they can manage this on their own or I'm not going to deal with it. I received a new client the other day who's 90 years old. She doesn't go to the doctor, doesn't want to go to the doctor. And I, believe me, I can certainly relate to that. But I think, you know, she had some wit to call me because she's feeling a little imbalanced. And so I work with her where she is. I'm not going to encourage her to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. You know, I think, I think people are in their own way because they don't want to face the reality of the inevitable. I think there's fear. Mm-hmm. I think there's fear of knowing some individuals don't want to know some we're comfortable. We're creatures of habit. One of the things we suggest and another one of our keywords is pivoting. You have to learn to pivot your lifestyle, and then to do the DLAs, you know, DLAs, if you find that you cannot do your daily living activities, then you need to take a step back, you know? And I think those little things are small things that can get in the individual's way. People say, well, you know, I used to be able to bend over, but, you know, I don't need to get up off the floor. Yes, you do. The reason that people over 65 pass away is not because of the chronic condition, it's because they slip and fall. And they never recover. So, you know, I think I think with all of us, we have to become true to ourselves. And let me let you get a chance. So my whole thing is thinking people thinking that they know or they have at least the answers. We saw a guy today and I see him quite a bit doing exercises that I know that are wrong and they're not willing to invest in a, in a coach or a trainer because they've seen it on YouTube or seen somebody else do a particular exercise, you know, nothing worse than somebody grabbing some heavy weights and then dropping the weights on themselves. But that's a, that's an extreme example. But what I'm saying is that thinking that, you know, the answer and you really don't know the answer. And so sometimes when we lift weights a certain way, we don't see the injury almost immediately. It's later on that we get, we find out that we did something wrong. So thinking that you you have the answers because it looks so easy. And then the last thing I would say is you people think they can mail this stuff in. They think they can buy what what we offer. They may pay for pay for you know for the the coach or the trainer, but you still got to put the work in, and and you can't talk it up. You you can't act it out. You got to do what it takes to get it done, and 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 you got to be consistent. So I think those are the things that you know sort of or what I call getting in your own way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I could see that. Well, where where can people learn more about you? So, Nate, I believe you've got a, a couple books on Amazon that I saw, and out there, you guys, uh, both of you are putting a newsletter out. And I know there's websites. So, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and take on some of this wisdom? Well, we have a couple of websites: agesworkout.com, and we're updating that, and Panache Fitness. Dot com. And so on those sites is basically just information. They're informational sites only where you can join our Zoom classes, which are a couple of days a week. We have a we have a committed crowd. We don't have many, many, but we have a committed crowd. That's like a percentage of our business. We have a book out called The Ages Workout that is on Amazon. And it is currently in its second edition. So we're doing some rewrites based on our new research and evidence that we'd love to share with anyone. We have, we're on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And so we just we just got re- updated our LinkedIn account where we're looking to really meet a different market now as opposed to the Instagram market and get a little more engaged in the business side. And of course, the newsletter comes out 
once a month. It's a short read, but we find it to be very informative subject matter relative to everyone at every age. And it tells you where to find us on, on our social media, talks about a member of the month. We highlight someone that has put the work in and that is as relative to the mindset. And what else do we have? Is that that's it? And you can always call us. And so that's basically it for you know we 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 actually you know think that the newsletter is probably the, the the you know most valuable piece that we have. Well, it's a valuable piece of interaction because it comes across your desk and you see it every so often. We don't commit, we don't sell anything on it. It's purely informational and to build what we call the tribe, the AWT, Ages Workout Tribe. Well, sorry. So tell us a little bit about the tribe. (laughs) Well, the tribe is like-minded individuals that are seeking to live a better quality of life. And that's how we sum it up. Like-minded individuals looking for a better quality of life. Your quality of life is not mine. It's not all the same, but we are looking to age well. And so as long as you can do the things with your children and your family and manage your conditions, you're living a better quality of life. We got that. We got that idea. If you if you understand what's happening in blue zones, then, you know, social connection. And so if you look at the old, the overall general concept of what we put together in terms of Asians Workout, Asians Workout Tribe, you know that uh, social connection with like minded thinkers and doers are is is a key piece. So that's why we came up with the with the tribe. And and the tribe are people in New Zealand and Germany and you know all Brazil. They're all over and and they're encouraging each other and other friends through through the newsletter or whatever activities they're taking on, whether it be a 97-year-old lady in Kansas City, Missouri, who's still kicking it, or an 84-year-old who's on a treadmill. I mean, it just goes on and on. I mean, these are the these are the people in the in the tribe. The wide variety of our clientele. Love it. Love it. Well, it has been awesome having both of you on today. You know, as we wrap up, I encourage people to to check your stuff out. And thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having us. It's really been our joy to be a part of your program today.